Hey friends, this is Linda, and you're listening to Calling Water. Yes, that's right, we're back. After a brief summer hiatus, we're just so happy to be back in your weekly podcast rotation and creating new content to share with you. For those of you joining us for the first time, what we do on this podcast is we look at a passage of scripture and ask ourselves two questions What does it mean, and what does it call us to do? In today's episode, Working at the Wheel, we're looking at Jeremiah chapter 18 to examine more fully this image of being in the potter's hands and how that relates to our feelings of security or lack thereof. Let's get started. So this month, we're going to be looking at a few stories of Old Testament prophets, but from a fresh new perspective. Instead of just treating them as messengers from God who often had to deliver grim news, what if we saw them as regular human beings with feelings and everything? Never really thought about them that way, have you? And in all honesty, neither have I. I grew up in church putting each of these men on their respective pedestals for being faithful to their calling despite harrowing and unfavorable circumstances. And while I don't want to downplay their role in Bible history and the impact they've made, we need to realize that they were people just as much as you and I are. And as such, they had their share of flaws, doubts, and wrongdoings even. So as we go through each of these stories this month, give yourself permission to see yourself in these stories and each of these prophets' journeys. Of course, they're not relatable in terms of their upbringing and their professions, but in terms of the emotions they experience and the way they felt God move in their lives, they're no different from the rest of us. So let's kick off this little series by looking at the prophet Jeremiah and a feeling he had to confront, insecurity. Jeremiah was called into prophetic ministry at a very young age. Some believe he was around 17 or 18 when he got the call. That's pretty young. Think about what you were doing around that age. I would not have trusted 17, 18-year-old me with anything even remotely as important. But God calls Jeremiah not only to become a prophet, but at a time when he would be guaranteed to be highly unpopular. The nation of Judah was falling apart politically, morally, socially, religiously. They were no longer faithful to the God of their ancestors and the way that they had been instructed to live all these years. As a result, much of Jeremiah's messages to the people were rarely good news. They were almost always premonitions of impending doom if they don't turn from their waywardness. In fact, it was Jeremiah who prophesied that the people will be exiled for a period of 70 years. So Jeremiah was working for God in an incredibly volatile climate. There's a reason he's known as the weeping prophet. Having to be the bearer of bad news all the time saddened him deeply, not just for himself and the weight he always had to carry around, but for the fate of God's people. And as you could imagine, Jeremiah probably felt less than secure. His life was always in danger from his opposition, and he knew that God's judgment would be upon them at any moment. But in today's text, Jeremiah chapter 18, God speaks to Jeremiah using a really useful and effective metaphor, one that we still use today. God tells Jeremiah to go to the house of a potter. 
No, wait. God wants to give me a message by having me witness a day in the life of the village potter? Okay. But seeing as God has sent Jeremiah down to this house for a reason, he remained open to what he would see there. And instead of seeing the potter build something amazing, this is what Jeremiah observed in verses 3 and 4. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. As Jeremiah watched this process unfold before him, the word of the Lord became clear. He is that clay. The nation of Judah is that clay. God is the potter, and as such, he is able to do with the clay as seems best to him. God tells Jeremiah that if the people turn away from all their evil, he would reconsider his judgment. But if they do not, he would reconsider his blessing. So the message seems obvious. Obey God or else. It's a standard warning, right? Do the right thing and you will be spared. Keep doing the wrong thing and you will be punished. But it's deeper and actually much more compassionate than that. In modern day Christian circles, the metaphor of the potter and the clay is used for a singular purpose. By praying to God, we are the clay in your hands, potter God. We are asking God to mold us and shape us into a design befitting of his nature and our worth. And we're supposedly demonstrating humility by subjecting our will to a higher power. But even as we ask God to form us into beautiful pottery, we never admit what kind of clay we are. Because to a potter, the condition of the clay they work with is everything. Now, I don't know this from personal experience because I discovered I lack the patience to make anything out of clay. But from the very quick research I did about pottery making, the most difficult part is wedging the clay just so. It has to be free of air bubbles and lumps. It needs to have the right consistency and the right amount of moisture. So something about the clay in Jeremiah chapter 18 is not quite right. And as a result, it doesn't form the way it should. It becomes marred. And what Jeremiah sees is not the potter throwing out the marred lump of clay. He saw the potter take the clay and rework it into something different before it dries out and becomes completely useless. Regardless of the clay itself, whatever the condition, the potter continued to work at the wheel to shape and reshape as it seems best. Now, what this meant for Jeremiah and Judah as a whole was that God would give them every opportunity to repent, to turn away from their sins and turn back to God. And if they do, God will shape the nation into something good. If they refuse, well, God will reshape them into something different. Maybe they will endure some hardship. And by maybe, I mean definitely, because this kingdom is eventually destroyed and the people are taken into exile. But the point is, regardless of their failings, they will still be in God's hands. And God will not throw them away, but will continue to work at the wheel to form and reform. And that's why God instructs Jeremiah to tell the people in verse 11 to turn from your evil ways, each one of you, 
and reform your ways and your actions. And even though this word is ignored and the people continue to rebel against God, God doesn't abandon them. Now, knowing this, what does this passage call us to do today? If I were to ask you to come up with images that represent the word secure, what might you think of? Locks, alarms, safety harnesses, steel bars, crazy glue, perhaps? I doubt clay pots would make it on the list. Because, as you know, anything made of clay is almost by definition extremely fragile. It's the exact opposite of secure. And yet, Jeremiah's little field trip to the potter's house reminds us what it means to be secure. Yes, clay is not secure, just like we are not secure. There is no guarantee in our lives, our health, our finances, our relationships, everything of value in our lives and our very lives could be shattered at any time. But we are not secure because of what we're made of, but who we're made by. Because from the clay's point of view, life never feels secure. Everything we've ever known could be upended at any time. We live on pins and needles just waiting for yet another thing to go wrong. But once we realize that we are securely in God's hands, even the thing that goes wrong won't destroy us. Yes, it will feel awful and painful, but we will know with all our hearts that the story isn't over. God is working at the wheel, tirelessly reforming us into an even better pot. But you know, this is where the metaphor ends. We are like clay, but we are not clay. We have been created purposefully and wonderfully with the ability to take control of the things in our purview. And the best way to take control is ironically to give up control and lean on the God who's been holding you the entire time. So think about all the ways you seek out security in your life. Is it relational security? Do you feel less than secure because you can't seem to find someone to share your life with, or you're not content in the current relationship you're in, or you're not sure how long it will last? Take those feelings to God and let him remind you that he not only knows you, but loves you and promises to be in relationship with you. And when you fully experience that kind of love that doesn't hinge on you having to constantly prove your worth, you will know you are worthy of love from others too. Are you searching for financial security? Do you feel less than secure because you don't quite have the job of your dreams with which you can feel accomplished or support your family or live a life of leisure? Take those feelings to God and let him remind you that while these things might lend to stability for a short while, they are as fleeting as ever. Enjoy the moments you have rather than becoming fixated on the things you don't have. What you do doesn't define who you are. And what about emotional security? Do you ever feel less than secure because of traumas in your past or even your present circumstances and experiences? Maybe you feel misunderstood, unknown, hopeless, or maybe you're not even sure of all the emotions you're feeling all the time, but 
none of them are happy, take all those unidentified feelings to God and let him remind you of what it says in Psalm 139, 13, because he created your inmost being. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows exactly who you are and hasn't abandoned you. In fact, he delights in you and has been anticipating your life long before you were even born. It's time you got to know yourself and see the wonder that God sees in you. Self-care practices, counseling, and being open and honest with others in your community can go a long way in breaking down those insecure feelings. None of those things make us frail and weak. Rather, when we take time to get to know ourselves, our history, thought patterns, and capacities, we are partnering with God to learn more about who we truly are. Because security does not come from being made of stronger stuff. It comes from being in the strong hands of God. Let's pray. God, there are many things in our lives that may cause us to feel insecure. And sometimes, even knowing that we have been made and loved by a God like you doesn't seem to calm the uneasy feeling that everything is going to fall apart. But you see all this because you see us. You're not asleep at the wheel. You are constantly working at the wheel to keep shaping us as it seems best to you. Help us to trust the ways in which you are forming us because in our highest and lowest moments, whether success, failure, mistake, or triumph, you are there. Nobody knows our story, personality, feelings, or potential like you do. Help us to remain securely in your hands by living our lives for you and with you. In Jesus' name, amen. <music>